Well, tomorrow is Memorial Day. And um, it's a time when we as a nation stop to thank God for all of those who have served in the military to keep us safe so that we could uh, worship, have freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And we want to thank God for every man and woman who have served in the military at any point in their life. We would like to pray for you today. So if you have served in any branch of the service uh, in the last hundred years, I'd like for you to, (laughs) I didn't want to miss anybody. Uh, Well, I'd like for you to stand so we could pray for you. Would you do that? All right, let's just remain standing. Let's give them a hand, y'all. Thank God. Remain standing if you would. Father, for the countless, countless millions of American men and women who have served in the various armed forces to keep us free, we will forever be grateful. Lord, for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, died in the service out there on the battlefield, wherever they might have been, we, we, we remember them, Lord, and we remember their families. But Lord, for all of these who still are li- living today, we just want them to know that we appreciate the sacrifice that they made, and we, we thank the Lord for them, and we ask their, you for their continued health, and you bless them in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Um, I think I'll just go ahead and get in trouble in what I'm going to say. This thing about standing for the flag, I believe that in the right to protest in America. I do. I believe in that right. That's a part of freedom. But if you have a, a grievance against if you think something's not right about the nation... Uh, You have a right to go to that place and protest. But now when we play the national anthem, we are not only thanking God for our country, but we're thanking God for every man and woman who died so that we'd be free. And I I am not going to dishonor those who shed their blood. And I, I do believe people have the right to protest, but... But not, not, not giving allegiance to the national anthem is more than saying that we have freedom in this country. It's also a part of saying, God, thank you. Thank you for those 19-year-old men, 22-year-old men that died in the ocean as they were trying to take those beaches in England. So it's just a matter of being thankful for those who paid the ultimate price so that we could be free. And I'm telling you, it was the ultimate price. Okay, let me pray just a moment. Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit to anoint this message. I know how important it is. I know that people's eternal destiny hang on the answer to what a, the question I'm going to ask. And I pray that you would just bless this and give me the liberty and freedom to share it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, I don't want you to answer it right away. I want you to wait until the message is over, and then I'll ask you the question again. So, I know if I ask it right now, 
you'd think of an answer. I know you would. And that's good. But I want you to wait until you hear all the scripture says about this subject before you really answer it. And so the question is this. Who is Jesus Christ? You say, well, Brother Fred, everybody knows that question. No, they don't. And not everybody knows the answer to that question. But I'm telling you, that is an eternal question. And eternal destiny hangs on the answer. So who is Jesus Christ? Do you know who first asked that question? Jesus asked his disciples. He asked his disciples who he was. In Matthew 16, be on the screen. Look at what he said. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? Who do people think I am? Who do men say that I am? So they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? See, he asked that question. Who do you believe I am? He asked those disciples, well, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered him, and this is a very important answer, and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. So you know what Jesus said? You got the right answer, Simon. I am the Son of God, Son of the living God. But I'm going to tell you how you knew it. God revealed it to you. The Holy Spirit revealed it to you. He said, you didn't know this by flesh and blood. No, I know you've seen the miracles. I know you've heard the teaching. But for you to understand that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, was revealed to you not by flesh and blood, but was revealed to you by the Holy Spirit of God. Do you realize that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he is going to reveal to you who I am. And in, uh, there was another time that the disciples were asked. In John 6, 66 through uh, 69, it says, He had just given a real tough sermon, a real hard sermon, how it just wasn't a matter of following him, but you had to give him your life. And some of them didn't like that. And so they began to leave, you know. From that time, many of his disciples went back. He'd spoken some tough words to him and walk with him no more. And then he goes on. Then Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? They're all leaving. You know, I mean, you said, I thought every church Jesus pastored would grow. Uh-uh. <laughs> some people didn't like what he had to say. He said to his disciples, will you also go away? But listen to what Peter said. Lord, to whom shall we go? If we leave you, where are we going? And who are we going to go to? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so the question is, who is Jesus Christ? Now, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would reveal that he is the Son of God when he came. In John 15, 26, listen to what it said. Uh, in John 15, 26. 
Jesus said, when the helper comes, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. When the helper comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Jesus said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. He will testify, he's a spirit of truth, and he will testify of me. And he goes on in the next verse and says, uh, no, we just uh, go on ahead and go to chapter 16, and let's look at that. All right, he said, uh, he's talking about now the way you're going to know who Jesus is is the Holy Spirit's going to have to reveal it to you. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And he goes on and says, in the next verse, however, now get this, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever, whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. And then the next verse. Now listen to what Jesus said. Who is Jesus Christ? Well, the Holy Spirit is going to tell us. How did Peter know to say, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God? God revealed it to him. How are we going to know who Jesus is? God, the Holy Spirit, is going to reveal him to us. He said, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. Boy, that's understandable. He will take what is mine and declare it unto you. He's going to tell you who I am. He's going to take everything I am and he's going to declare it unto you. And then he says in the next verse, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, he will take mine and declare it unto you. You know, uh, not only did Jesus ask the disciples, and of course Peter said, answered it, and Jesus said, well, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. But you know, uh, the demons knew who Jesus was. I mean, he had more, more knowledge than most of the people of the day in which he walked. In Mark chapter 3, verse 11, I want you to listen to what it says. And, uh, and, and the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, Jesus, fell down before him and cried, saying, You are the Son of God. Isn't that amazing? A lot of people didn't recognize him. But I'll tell you one thing. The demons recognized him. Because he knew that he had authority and power over every one of them. You say, well, Brother Fred, why is it so important that the Holy Spirit revealed to us who Jesus is? Because the truth has been hidden by the enemy. Satan has blinded people's minds and eyes that they do not see and understand who Jesus Christ is. Bible makes that clear. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 6, if our gospel is veiled, covered, if our gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross for our sins, who was raised from the dead, who lives to save us, if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. And why, is it, why are they blinded because of it? All right, look at this. Whose minds, the God of this age, the little g, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, 
lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. And he goes on in the next verse. He says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your barn servants for Jesus' sake. And then he says in the next verse, for it is God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know why people don't know who Jesus Christ is? You know why a lot of people don't want to know who Jesus Christ is? Because the God, little g, of this world has blinded the minds of those who cannot see. The light of the gospel has never shone in their hearts. You say, well, Brother Fred, how can they ever believe? You see, the work of the Holy Spirit is to break through that blindness. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God, shatters the blindness, and they can grasp the truth of who Jesus is. And then what they do with that is determined on their response to what the Holy Spirit reveals them. So, we know that the disciples knew who Jesus is. The Christ, the Son of the living God. We knew the, know the demons knew who he was. But we know many people don't know because Satan's blinded their mind. And only the Word of God and only the Holy Spirit can open their eyes so they can understand and see. And that's why we must speak the truth. That's why we must, must share the gospel. We must share it. Because only that will break down the blindness so they can understand who Jesus is. Well, the scriptures make absolutely clear the answer to that question. Who is Jesus Christ? Well, this book, the Bible, the Word of God, the Holy Word of God. And by, by the way, regardless of what scholars say or professors say or anybody else says, this is the Word of God. It is truth without any mixture of error. I've had people tell me, well, there are errors in the Bible. I said, show me one. Well, I haven't read it. <laughs> How can you show me if you hadn't read it? Some, you're just a parrot. You heard someone else say that it wasn't the Word of God. It may have been a professor. It may have been a, a false prophet. You've heard somebody else say it, so you go around parroting what other people say. You better get in the book and find out for yourself who Jesus is. Because that determines your eternal destiny. Well, the Scriptures makes it clear. Now, there are two names that Jesus called himself by, or he was called by. The Scriptures called him the Son of Man. And then he is called the Son of God, or God manifest in the flesh. Now, in Luke 22, verses uh, 66 through 70, it talks about Jesus being the Son of Man. Well, what does that mean? It means this. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led them to their council. They were going to try Jesus. They were going to test him to see who he was. If you are the Christ, tell us. He said to them, if I tell you, you will not by no means believe. I've already told you, but if I tell you again, you're not going to believe it. Why do you want me to tell you again? And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. And then he says in the next verse, 
Now listen to what he calls himself. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right of the power of God. On the right. And they all said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You rightfully say that I am. Jesus said, Yes. But isn't it amazing that Jesus called himself the Son of Man? There's another place in Hebrews chapter 2. Why, 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 was, why is Jesus called the Son of Man? Why is he the Son of Man? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you know this. Jesus lived on this earth as a human being, just like you and me. And he had the Holy Spirit without measure. Now, the only difference between Jesus when he came into this earth, as a human being, he was exactly like you and we are. But he did not have a sinful nature. Because you see, uh, that's why that there was the virgin birth. You see, when Adam sinned, his nature was passed down to his children, Cain and Abel. And every born, body born since Adam, except Jesus, is born with a sinful nature. Now you say, Brother Fred, how do you know that? Well, did you ever re- listen to the news? <laughs> do you ever read the newspaper? I guarantee you, you don't have to wonder whether or not people have a sinful nature. My goodness. And by the way, you don't have to wonder if you had one. My mother had to teach me and say, come on in, son. It's, i got to teach you how to sin. She never had to do that. Because I was a sinner by nature. And you were. And so, but Jesus was not. Because why? He was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. He had no earthly father. He did not inherit the nature of Adam. And so, it is important for us to realize that he is the son of man. He's saying to you, I I was just like you. I was tempted just like you were. I got tired just like you get tired. At times, I believe Jesus got discouraged when he saw the disciples' unbelief and how they just couldn't get what he was saying. So, so it says here that he took on human nature, not the sinful nature. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 2.14. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same. He was flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And then he goes on and, and says, in the next verse, now you got to get this. It says he was made just like you. You say, well, gee, nobody understands what I'm going through. Jesus does. Nobody knows what I feel. Jesus does. Nobody knows how it feels to be rejected like I was. Jesus did. Nobody knows how it is to suffer unjustly. Jesus did. Nobody knows how it is to all of a sudden have the acclaim of men. And then when the uh, chips were down, they all leave you and forsake you. Listen to what he said. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like us. In all things, he had to be made like his brethren. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And then in verse 18, he says, Now listen to this. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able 
to help those who are tempted. Brother Fred, you mean Jesus was tempted? Oh, yeah. You remember when the the Spirit led him into the wilderness, the devil tempted him three times. I, I think many, many times the enemy would tempt Jesus. He was in all points tempted like we are, but he never sinned. So you know why Jesus declared, I'm the Son of Man, because I became a man. I became flesh and blood. And I came and I experienced everything you experience in your life except sin. And so we, we got to realize how significant it is that Jesus is not only the Son of God, but that Jesus is the Son of Man. Uh, and then it goes on in, uh, Jesus calls himself. He calls himself the Son of Man. In Isaiah seven fourteen, there's a prophecy. It says, Behold, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us, or God manifest in the flesh. Then you go over to uh, Matthew one twenty three, and the angel came, and this is what uh, the, the, this is what it says: Behold, the virgin shall be with child. This is in the New Testament. That passage in Isaiah was six hundred years before. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You say, Brother Fred, who is Jesus Christ? Oh, he's the Son of God, perfect deity. But who is Jesus Christ? He is the Son of Man, perfect humanity. Perfect humanity and perfect deity joined together in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, who is Jesus Christ is a very, very important question. You know, um, Jesus himself claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be, you, you know, people say, well, he didn't know. He never saw himself as the Son of God. Jesus didn't know that. He saw himself as a prophet. Well, they just had never read the Bible. But uh, Jesus saw himself as, as, the, the, as the Son of Man, he said in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And then in Mark 10.45, he says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save, Mark 10.45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give himself a ransom for many. So he made it clear that he's the Son of Man. But he himself declared that he was the son of God. He did. So they asked him. And you know. They said well he didn't know who he was. And all, all this garbage that people. Put out there to try to cause doubt about Jesus. Well the great passage. On who he is. Is found in the gospel of John. You know it. But let, let's just look at it. In, in John 1.1. 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Capital W. The word was with God. Oh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, capital W, was with God. Now listen to this, and the Word was God. Now you know, if, if a Jehovah's Witness came to your door to, to try to get you to read the watchtower and you become a Jehovah's Witness, you, you give them that verse, as in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. They would say, but no, 
you don't understand. There, there's a, a, a little uh, uh, adjective or whatever you call it. Uh, it's supposed the word was a God. That is absolutely, totally incorrect. If you read it as it is in the Greek, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was the God. Just on one word. And, of course, they got other reasons why they, they just deny that Jesus is the Son of God. But you read on two, verse 2. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was there in creation. All right, listen to what it says in the next verse. All things were made through Him. Jesus was a part of creation. The Father, God the Father created this world through God the Son. It says here, all things were made through Him. The Bible says God spoke. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. So Jesus was, is eternal, and He was there in creation. It says, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. All right, you go on in verse 14. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was the God. Now we get in verse 14. Now get this. And the Word became flesh. God became flesh. And He lived among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Who is Jesus Christ? He is God manifest in the flesh. Without question. It was him through which creation was, came to pass. God used him to create the world. Now, we got three authors that talk about it. John says, and then you turn right over in Colossians, and Colossians says the same thing. That was written by Paul. Listen to what it says about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He's deity. He's probably the only God you'll ever see. I see nowhere to say that we'll see God the Father. The Bible says He is God is spirit, and we worship Him in spirit and in truth. I'm not saying that we won't. I see nowhere. But I know one thing. You will see Jesus. And you will see the nail print in His hands. And where the, they pierced Him with a sword. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Read on. And it says... In verse 16, for by him, now get this, Jesus is God, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. By him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities of powers. Now listen to this, all things were created through him and for him. And then, there's one other verse that says, He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. You know what that verse means? Not only was Jesus the one through whom God, the God, the Son who created the world, but that verse says all things consist in Him. It says that Jesus holds everything together. You know, I, I didn't know, didn't do good, do good in physics. I took it, and uh, I can't remember if I passed or not. But I did learn about the atom, and, and not A-D-A-M, I don't know how you spell it. But anyway, I, didn't learn, I learned about the atom, that the, where the power for an, an, an atomic bomb comes, you split the atom, and they just keep splitting. 
And then all of a sudden that big cloud blows up and destroys everything around him. Well, well, who holds the atoms together? Who keeps them from splitting? Who keeps the sun perfectly on time? Who keeps the seasons? Hey, it is Jesus. All things are held together by him. So Jesus is not only the son of man, perfect humanity. He is the son of God. There's another great passage you've got to see. This is what the Bible says about who Jesus Christ is. Hebrews 1.1. I'm just letting the scripture speak to you. Then you have to answer the question, who is Jesus Christ, in light of what the word of God says. Now, you can answer it in light of your opinion. Or you can answer it in the light of somebody who had opinion different and said that's not true. He was just a prophet. He was just another man. You can choose to believe him or you can choose to believe the word of God, which has stood the test of time for 2,000 years. He said, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So you got to do what are you going to believe the word of men or are you going to believe the word of God? And it says in, in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, now get this, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. That's another author, who being the brightness of God's glory, now get this, the express image of God's person, Upholding all things, holding everything together by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I'm I'm telling you, and it goes on over in verse 6 of Hebrews. But when when, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Now you only worship God. Listen to what he tells the angels. He says, Let all the angels... Worship him. Why did they worship Jesus? Because he was God manifest in the flesh. And, and so they said, let all the angels worship him. But boy, the verse that really nails it down is in verse 8. And in this, you need to read this to, to, to the Jehovah's Witness or to the Mormon or who has another belief about Jesus and, and, and the New Agers and all that kind of stuff, the humanist. Listen to what it says about Jesus in this verse. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The Father called Jesus God. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. And so we see the word of God declaring That not only is he God manifest in the flesh, it was through him that God created the worlds. And it is through Jesus that he holds everything together. But I love this verse in 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the the world and received up into glory so we're answering the question who is Jesus Christ well the disciples said you're the Christ the son of the living God the demons cried out son of God what have you do have you come to torment us at this time 
And then Jesus himself talked about being the son of man and, and talked about being the son of God. But let's just look at who Jesus said he was. Now, who did he say he was? You know, they asked Jesus. And so, you know, uh, when somebody says, well, Jesus is not God manifest in the flesh. Well, then he's saying Jesus is a liar. When he says Jesus is not God manifest in the flesh, they're saying Jesus is a false prophet. When they say Jesus is not God manifest in the flesh, he's saying that uh, uh, he was kind of a lunatic. But then listen to what Jesus said about himself. John 10, 36. Do you say of him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world? Now, these are the words of Jesus. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. That's what Jesus said. Y'all tell me I'm blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? I am. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And then again, Jesus confesses that he is uh, going in verse 38. If you do not believe, uh, but if you, do not, if you do not believe the works of my Father, then believe on me. But if, you, but if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know that, and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. All right, well, let's go on to another place where Jesus said, declared he's the son of God. Where Jesus said it now, in, in Luke 22, as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, chief priests and scribes, came together and led him to their council. They're fixing to crucify him. Saying, if you're the Christ, tell us. He said, if I tell you, you will by no means believe. But I, also, if I answer you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. And then he goes on and says in the next verse, Hereafter, the Son of Man, he calls himself the Son of Man, will sit on the right hand of the power of God. And he goes on and says, Then they said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You rightly say that I am. I am the Son of God. Jesus said that three or four or five times. And they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it from ourselves and from his own mouth. One other uh, verse I want to show you about Jesus saying he was the Son of God. All right, this is in John uh, 9. Jesus heard that they had cast... All right, let me tell you the background on this. Jesus had healed the eyes of a blind man. And, uh, and the scribes and Pharisees couldn't get over that. And so they went to the man and said, you were blind. Were you born blind? He said, yeah. Well, who, who opened your eyes? He said, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. He told me what to do, and I did it, and I came seeing. He said, no, no that, that, that's not right. So he went to his mother and daddy and said, listen, is this your son? Yeah. Was he born blind? Yeah, he was. Well, how did he see? Well, Jesus of Nazareth uh, opened his eyes well so they heard that and and they and and, and they cast him out of the synagogue because they didn't they said he can't heal people on the sabbath day they cast this man who had been made who could see who was blind but now see they cast him out of the synagogue and and jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he found him so he goes and is looking 
for this man that was formerly blind who could now see. He said to him, now he asked the blind man, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, well, who is he, Lord? Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of God? He said, well, who is he that I might believe in him? And Jesus answered and said, and then Jesus answered him in verse 37. Jesus said to him this. He said, well, who is the Son of God? You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. You're talking to the Son of God. Man, I think Jesus knew who he was. He said, you're talking. He said, then he said, Lord, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. And guess what he did? The Bible says, and he worshiped him. He worshiped Jesus. Jesus didn't tell him to stop. You only worship God because Jesus knew who he was and is. He is God, manifest in the flesh. Well, two verses, and I'll, I'll be through with this. Jesus, in, in the Gospel of John, which is if you want to really get to know who Jesus is and you want to really know the heart of the Gospel, the first book I suggest you read is the Gospel of John. You read it with an open heart and an open mind, and God will speak to you. But at the end of the book, John, at John 20, 31, now listen to what this says about Jesus. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. He did a whole lot more than's written in this book. But now why did he write this? Don't you miss it. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Oh, what you believe about Jesus determines whether you have life. He said, and that believing in his name, you might have life. Now, there was a question Jesus asked the disciples, whom do you say that I am? But then over in Matthew 27, verse 22, there was another question asked. You know who asked it? Pilate. Pilate asked it. And look at what he said. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus? They had told him to let Barabbas, Barabbas leave He's a prisoner. They let one go at the Passover time. They had chosen to let the criminal go and to keep Jesus. He said, well, now what, 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 what shall I do with Jesus called the Christ? That's a good question, Pilate. What do you do? And they, they said to him, let him be crucified. But I want to take that out of Pilate's mouth. And first of all, I ask you the question, who is Jesus Christ? Undeniably, everything in the Word of God points to the fact that He's the Son of Man, perfect humanity, and that He's the Son of God, perfect deity. He is God manifest in the flesh. And so, I ask you this question that Pilate asked. What will you do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? 
That takes it out of everybody else's hands but yours. Well, Brother Fred, I've got all these doubts. Read the Word of God. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to show you. You read the Gospel of John with an open heart and an open mind. I know what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. But you see, we, every one of us, have to face that question. Fred, what are you going to do with Jesus, who's called the Christ? He asked you that question. Why is that so important? Because Jesus Christ is the one who died on the cross for your sin. You see, Bible says all have sinned. Everybody. We've got one thing in common. We're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Your righteousness will never get you into heaven. You say, well, I, I, I try to do good works. Certainly I'm glad of that, but your good works won't get you into heaven. You see, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. So the only way your sins could be paid for was for Jesus to die for them on the cross. Now I'm going to say something. Amazing, 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 amazing. That God manifest in the flesh, the Son of the living God, would die on the cross in my place. Wicked sinner that I am. My God, I did not deserve for him to die on the cross in my place. But you know what? That's what grace is. That's what grace is. God does for us what we don't deserve. And we could never do for ourselves. So amazing love, how could it be that you, my king, would die for me? So what will you do with Jesus? Will you believe that he died on the cross in your place? And that he died on the cross for your sins? And that God raised him from the dead? And he has the power to forgive you? And the power to save you? And the Bible says, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. You say, Brother Fred, I need for some old things to pass away. Yeah. You know, Jesus takes care of your past through his precious blood. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Father made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The gospel is simple. It is not complicated. Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross in your place, bore your sins in his body on the tree. God raised him from the dead, and he lives to forgive you of your sin. He lives to save you. He lives to give you a new life. And a new beginning. But you have to repent. You see you have to confess. And agree with God that you are a sinner. You've got to, you just got to repent. And say God I'll never be good enough. To deserve heaven. There's not enough good works I could do. And my righteousness is filthy rags. See you've got to repent. You've got to admit to God. That you're a sinner. And without Jesus you don't have any hope. You don't have any hope. But then you can say Jesus. I know you died on the cross in my place. You shed your blood so that I could be forgiven. 
and I need your forgiveness. So I, 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 I turn. I'm going to make a U-turn. I'm going to turn away from that sin that I've been practicing, that sin that I have loved. I repent. I'm going to turn away from that sin, and I'm going to turn to you, and I'm going to trust you to forgive me and to come into my life and change me. Change me. Make me a new creation. Give me a new beginning. The gospel of John said this was written that in him you might have life. So I ask you what Pilate asked. What will I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? It's your answer and it's your decision. It's not a decision. It's a life-changing answer.